Welcome to the Smile Strong Podcast, where women who were made for more learn to smile stronger every day. All right, Manny, I am so excited to have you on the Smile Strong Podcast. Welcome. Hey, Alyssa, how are you? I'm super excited to be here at the Smile uh, Strong Podcast. Super, super grateful to be here with you to to share our our insights with the audience and just you know really go over the things that you know on this journey this cleft journey and I think it's just amazing that you you're able to put this podcast together and uh, interview some of our guests and, and get uh, different insights. Absolutely, I am just so thankful um, to have you, and it's really funny. I need to just dive in a little bit to why I chose having you on the podcast first, because um, really you were such an influential person in me getting to where I am today. Uh, In 2020 is when I came across your Instagram page, and that's when I had my second cleft-affected son, and he was about five months old, and it was the beginning of July, and you were running a 5K every single day in 2020 for cleft and craniofacial awareness. Yeah, no, I, I remember. I remember it clearly. Yeah, it was about three years ago. And so, yeah, that was actually when I actually first found out about why I was born with the cleft. So that whole journey of running a 5K came about with me kind of finding my own story and 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 figure out what can I do for kids that were born with cleft and craniofacial differences to create an impact and awareness. And I, I figured, hey, instead of running a whole 5K once, why don't I do it every day? So that's the journey I I decided to go on. <laughs> and uh, it was something that was really memorable. That is so inspiring. And it's funny because it came, your Instagram page came to me at a time where I was very low emotionally and physically. And now I'm so into health and fitness and everything like that. But um, really just every morning, I was at a place where I did not know how to even get out of bed and I would pull up my Instagram and there your little bubble would be at like six, seven o'clock Eastern. It was a little later because I was staying in bed until I, as long as I possibly could with a two-year-old and a five-month-old and your little bubble would be right there and you would be running and just saying all of these motivational things. And so I think what's really cool about that is how you were setting out to inspire other cleft kids, but you were also helping cleft a cleft mom somewhere out there who was in the middle of this uh, journey starting out. Uh, actually, like I had the two-year-old, so he was born with a bilateral cleft lip and palate. And then my youngest was born with a unilateral cleft lip. Wow. I That to me is, is, such, is so inspiring because when I hear about your journey and all the things that you went through having um, your two kids born with cleft, <laughs> I, I come to think about how my mom, you know, went through this journey uh, by herself. And so, and she didn't really have that much resources. So for you to do this and, 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 and really, you know, open yourself up to other moms that went through your journey and to try to help them out. I mean, that's, that's incredible. It really is because most people will just go through a, a, a journey, like a, a difficult process and then bury it, never talk about it again. And I think that's kind of what, at least what I don't know if my mom did that exactly buried it, but she didn't really we didn't talk about it much growing up. I didn't know much about why I was born with the cleft. I just knew I was born with the cleft. That's it. 
And so maybe she did bury it. Maybe she didn't know how to express. Maybe she didn't know how to communicate. The fact that you're able to say, hey, you know, I, I want to help other moms. That's incredible. I mean, it really touches it touches my heart a lot because I wish my mom had that kind of resource when, when I was born. Thanks. Exactly what I want to do. And um, so you said that in 2020, that's when you were kind of like diving into your own cleft journey and just really tackling it. Uh, can you just tell us a little bit more about that? Like what that looked like? Yeah. So for me, it was, you know, growing up as a kid, I knew I was born with the cleft. I knew that my nose and my lip looked a little bit different from all the kids. And I didn't know why. Right. So basically my whole middle school, elementary, high school, I, I really didn't know why. And even in high school, I had bone graft surgery where they take a piece of your hip bone and insert it in your palate and then take some of the fatty tissues from your hip and insert it, at least in my case, on the right side, on my unilateral uh, cleft side and put the fatty tissues there so it could even out. And so, you know, this was at age 14. And then when I was a kid, you know, or a baby, I had all these other surgeries. And so, you know, I would hear these things echo in my mind, you know, um, cricket nose, cricket lip, banana split, you know, all these harmful words I would hear as a kid growing up. And, you know, I, 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 I could see some people making fun of me as a kid as well. And I just, I didn't know why. So it was around when I was about 28 years old, um, 2020, is when I decided, you know what, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure out who I am. So I went in the mirror, you know, I started, I, I touched my nose a little bit, I touched my lips, and, and, and I looked in the mirror, you know, and I said, you know, let's figure it out. So that's when I had the idea to say, hey, let's call the doctor that performed all these surgeries. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go after the doctor. And I'm going to figure out if he's still in practice. So his doctor's name is Patrick Sullivan. He was still in practice, still, you know, um, doing, uh, he's a plastic surgeon now. And so at this time, I was like, man, I got to reach out to him. I got to reach out. So I called him. You know, I just picked up the phone and I said, hey, you, uh, you, you did these surgeries for me about 28 years ago or so. And then another 14 years ago. I'm wondering if I can speak to you to learn more about why I was born with the cleft. And he said, yeah, come right on down. That was the, the journey of it all for me. That's how it, it happened. And then from there on, you know, I went to go visit him. We went to his office. He went down to the basement, took out these folders, started dusting away all the, all the you know, all these particles and all these things that were in these, like, you know, in these folders with dust and all this stuff. And there he goes and pulls out my baby pictures. And these are baby pictures that I've never had in my life ever. Neither had my mom. This is something that no one had, only the doctor. So th this is when I was really able to see how I looked like as a baby before the surgery. And um, usually I have it in my Zoom background, not today, but I usually have it in my Zoom background exactly how I look as a baby. And then that is what guided me till this day to say, okay, there are kids that were born like me. What can I do for them? And that's when I decided to say, hey, let's run this 5K. I'm not a runner, by the way, never ran in my life. And you had the shirts, right? You wore the shirt with your picture on, your baby picture? I, I wrote, yep, yeah, I, I printed my baby picture on my shirt and I ran with that every single day, did 30 of those, reached out to different business owners around uh, Providence, Rhode Island. And I told them what I was doing. Some were on board, some were not. Uh, as soon as the train started rolling, 
things went really well. You know, I was interviewed by NBC 10, uh, ABC 6, news articles, Runners World Magazine, then other businesses started sponsoring. And by the end of it, we did 31 days of a 5K run and we raised about $12,000, which was super amazing. I got to also talk to Dr. Oz um, and, and other celebrities, uh, Mike Tyson, uh, Fat Joe, this hip hop artist. And, and I was just trying to raise awareness the best I could. So that was the journey with the 5K. And then since then, I've always tried to do at least once a year something that's memorable. So the year after that, I went to Colombia and I helped out three families. Uh, I helped them out with food and all this. And it was really something special. The year after, uh, I was able to speak with 3,000 students, uh, kids on bullying through virtual Zoom. And that was really eye-opening because I didn't know how much bullying affected kids. I knew it affected me. But I didn't know there were other reasons as well that kids were affected by bullying. And so we taught a lot with kindness. Uh, that was the, the theme of the topic in the book, Wonder. That was really inspirational. And then this year, I've been in Dominican Republic now for a year. And uh, I decided to go to the hospital where they actually conducted surgeries for kids in Mocha, Dominican Republic. And so there uh, we, raised, we raised some money too. That was really cool. Uh, in a week, we, we I think we did like two thousand dollars in a week. I would just want just wanted to raise a thousand. Uh, it was just a, a quick trip. I wanted to see the kids. I wanted to see the families. We raised double the amount. For me, it was really really close to my heart because my mom is from Dominican Republic and I was born in the United States. But you know, my mom went to the United States while I was while she was pregnant with me. I could have easily been that baby born in in Mocha, Dominican Republic, in that hospital. Uh, awaiting my turn to get the surgery. Because I'm assuming she did not know that you were going to be a, born with a cleft before you were born. She didn't know. No, this is 30 years ago. She, They didn't know anything. Um, you know, it was when I was born. Wow. To think about just a choice that your mom made unknowingly, like your life and the way that you were able to impact so many people, it changed in that one choice that she made to move to the United States. And now you can use that and say, wow, like that could have been me and I'm going to help those kids. And I think that that's really amazing. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it was a gift from God, a gift from spiritual. I, I don't know what inspired me to just go into this journey, but I'm really, really excited about it. I think it was something that I was destined to do. Every time I get into giving back, you know, every year, I do something and it just fills my heart up, you know, to see kids that were born just like me. And I know that they can do great things in life, but, but just, you know, they can do great things in life, but just because they were born with a cleft or a cranial facial difference doesn't mean that they're less than a person that was born without, you know, for me, I, I love just to be there and, and, and see the kids faces and to let them know that we're all strong, right? <laughs> Smile strong. <laughs> That's the name of the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what it's all about. So you talk about their faces there. How are some of the parents' faces whenever you're at these things and helping out in other countries and just whenever you're giving, how are the parents reacting? Is is Sometimes it's mixed feelings. Like some, in certain times when I go and ask for a picture with, with a baby with a cleft, at first glance, I feel a little strange action, you know, the, uh, you know, hey, can I take a picture with your with your kid that, you know, hasn't had the surgery yet and all this. But the more I, when I start talking to the parents, then I tell them my story 
And when I went to this hospital, I actually had the picture of myself uh, as a baby printed on the shirt. So I could easily point to my shirt and say, hey, I was born the same way. Then they warm up to me and they really get more connected. And then and then they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever you need, you know, I'm willing to help. So at first I, I'm a little, I would say anxious or a little, uh, I don't know how maybe it's a, if it's insensitive, you know, because coming from the mother's perspective, I, I don't know that perspective too well. So, I, you know, I don't want to like just barge in and say, hey, I, I you know, I was born with a clef. I need a picture with your your, your kid. You know, I, I kind of want to ask respectfully, too, and then tell them a little bit of why I was there. And I think that was a real big impact because I saw kids from all over walks of life. So and then I asked the doctor why there were so many kids with cleft in this particular hospital. It's, it's in Mocha, Dominican Republic. And Mocha has, happens to be one of the biggest agricultural uh, sectors of Dominican Republic. And he said it's mainly because of the pesticides, which I didn't know uh, could affect cleft fractures or, or you know, cleft lip and all this. And so I, that was really interesting to me. Uh, and that's what the doctor said. Now, he said there was no proof, right. no exact proof. But based on his experiences, that's what he's seeing. I was just going to say, I think that that is a thing as a mom, a lot of times, especially here in the United States, it's, well, what did I do and what caused this? And you almost, you don't want there to be an, a definitive answer. Like you're blaming yourself and you're really beating yourself up for it. But it almost would be easier if there was like a pinpointed, hey, this is what I did to cause my baby's cleft. And I think that's just the thing is we can point to all of these different things that could have caused it. And um, looking in a developing country saying like, hey, these are the pesticides are what is causing this large amount of children to have cleft these moms probably too like beat themselves up about that you know and like oh my gosh how could I have ever known so it's just very interesting it is very interesting to me because obviously yes there are physical environmental factors there are genetic factors that can cause cleft and at the end of the day we can't pinpoint anything yeah, very difficult I mean even if you if I would ask my mom why do you think I was born with the cleft she she has no idea why probably would never know why i can see why it can haunt, haunt mothers a little bit you know because it's like it's not your fault but yet the reality is the, re the reality but again it doesn't make us less i i've never felt less dead i just had to learn to navigate uh life in a lot better i'm a big proponent of public speaking i i, I think that kids born with the cleft and cranial facial difference if they can kind of get into public speaking uh because it really allows them to create that self-confidence mm -hmm. within and that's really, really powerful. You have a skill like speaking that most kids are afraid to do or are, are nervous about. And if you're born with the cleft or cranial facial difference and this is your strong point, then you really get to balance your your overall presence about you uh, with with maybe some of those insecurities that you've had about, you know, maybe having uh, a, a nose that looked a little different or a lip that looked a little different. You know, these insecurities get blurred away once you learn to speak. My oldest, Jack, he his wheels are really starting to turn. I mean, we have always talked about cleft and just been open with the word kind of in our house loosely, especially because we have two boys, both born cleft affected. And we have pictures in our house of when they were babies. One thing I talk about in my guide to announcing your baby's cleft is about getting newborn pictures taken. And so I think it's really crazy hearing that story of going down to the basement of 
your surgeon's office, opening the book and the dust flying off and seeing your baby picture for the first time. And like I said, my five-year-old's wheels are really starting to turn because he's heard cleft. We've talked about when we were going to the doctors and he just had a surgery in February. But recently when he's been brushing his teeth, he looks up and he pulls his top lip up and he looks at his little gum line and he's like, where are my teeth gonna go? You know? And so we kind of just, we give him age appropriate answers for this is just part of, part of having a cleft and um, Dr. Sampson will help you with that. But, you know, and he's, he's getting more nervous. And I think that that's a hard thing because you want to protect your child from as much as you can, but then on the same token, you don't want to be lying to your child because you you have to, this relationship has to be built on trust. I feel like to be in this journey together. I think it's fantastic that you're talking to your son about it early, you know, as early as he is and, and kind of introduce him to it. Because when, when I grew up, I mean, the stories I heard about me was like, you know, oh, do you know you have a, a plastic nose on the, you know, on your right side is, is, you know, my cousins would say this to me and I didn't know. Right. So I'm like, I don't think so. But no, they were like, no, no, this is what your dad told me, you know, that you, you were born this way. So, you, you know, so, but if I, if I know this as a kid, five, six, seven, eight years old, and I know the truth and I know how things work, no one can put any other story in your mind telling you how you were born. So I think that's super, super amazing that you talk to your, your kids about that about clap because like I said, you know, I, I, I got uh, no information. I had to go search it myself later on in life, like way later on. And even when I got questioned, you know, by different people in high school, middle school, even like just regular friends, like, Hey, you know what happened to you? I only had a, like maybe a, a short one sentence story to tell them, but that's about it. It would have been nice to, to know a little bit more. So you really believe that knowledge is power. Yeah. Yeah. Even, um, even like middle school or high school, how to control, like, I remember I had some mucus problems like growing up and it was only that one right side where I had the surgery and, and I didn't know why, you know, and, um, you know, if I hadn't, if I had known why I was born with the cleft, something, some of the, maybe some of the things that, uh, could, could, uh, cause, um, certain side effects, let's, let's call them side effects. Um, uh, maybe in my case, it was like more mucus in my nose. Like I would have done, I would have learned where to go to maybe rectify or help myself or, and not kind of go through these just battles that I went through to try to look as normal as possible. And maybe just not feel so like self-conscious about it. That's what it was. Super self-conscious about it too. So I, I just think it's amazing that you're talking to your kids because maybe in the future, they might have a question and they don't have anybody else to talk to about. While having, right, like I, I tend to think about your situation. You have two boys born with the cleft. I almost tend to think that's like the best thing that could have happened. Because if one is born with the cleft and the other as well, one can help the other on how to go through bullying or go through anything that they may go through just because they look a little bit different. Whereas if it was just one of your kids that had it and the other one didn't, maybe he would feel like, why is this only happening to me? Why Why am I the only one like this? Why Growing up, I didn't know anybody born with the cleft. I, I mean, I, I saw a few kids. It was like like a, like a, like a, like a, a movie or something like, oh, I saw one. Like, you know, I wonder, you know, I, I wonder what this, I wonder that, but I never got any answers. It was only until I got into this journey of learning more about people with cleft that I was able to meet other people just like me. But if I had a brother with a cleft that was older or younger, I mean, I don't be ecstatic. Right. 
in all, yeah, for all purposes of what we're talking about, it makes total sense uh, because that was my fear going into having the, you know, I had so many scans with my pregnancies, ultrasounds and things like that. But um, going into having our second child and then getting his diagnosis, it's like, I'm sitting there, I'm crying because he has the cleft. I'm crying, I'm crying sad tears because he's diagnosed with the cleft. I'm crying happy tears because he's diagnosed with the cleft. And it's just so confusing because I'm like, I'm happy and I'm sad. Even before my son Jet was diagnosed with his cleft, I was like, I'm scared he's not going to have a cleft. I'm scared he's going to have a cleft because there's just so many conflicting things, like you said, with them both being able to relate to each other. I think that that really is just going to solidify a bond that they can have growing up. Yeah, a real close bond because I've I've had some really great relationships with people born with a cleft just because they we have something unique about us that most people just don't have. It's amazing. The whole thing is amazing, right? So, I, I mean, I've never even talked with a mom that has two kids born with a cleft, let alone one, right? So, <laughs> it just gets better, right, along the way. <laughs> and so, now, in your journey, did you ever think about why they were born with a cleft? Is there somebody born in your family with a cleft, or, or did you ever have those thoughts? There was never anyone in mine or my husband's family who was born with a cleft. Uh, after Jet was born kind of when I connected with you in July, then a couple months later, I was really, really having a lot of health problems um, physically. And I just started diving into my story of my health. And I did find out that I have two copies of a genetic mutation called MTHFR, um, which can be linked to cleft. So I really, um, I think I went through a lot of like the guilt and the shame towards myself through like my oldest son being born. And then by that time he was two years old. So I was just happy that I could address my health conditions and also, um, you know, just have, like we talked about knowledge is power, have knowledge for them um, in the chance in case that I pass one of my genes onto them, which I may have. So we still have to work all that out, but. I mean, it's pretty strong of you to do that to be honest, to think that, you know, to have some kind of guilt, to go back and forth on it, to then say, you know what, I'm going to go full on and learn more about this for my kids, right? Because you could have just said, hey, all right, let's just do the best I can do. Let's keep it going. But no, you're in this journey, right? You're doing this podcast. You're learning more about it. You're teaching your kids at a young, at like early age. I mean, you're doing the best thing a parent could do. Thank you. I think that my advice to every cleft mom, if they really want healing on this journey, dive in. Like if you really want healing, then you just, you just have to, you have to commit. You just have to commit and do it because once you start looking for healing, it's going to come to you. Um, so that is really, really kind of my mantra as I keep marching on through raising two boys with cleft. But what would you say to your mom as an adult to her when you were a child? If there was one thing you could say to her, is there anything that you would tell her? Yeah, I would say, um, I would tell my mom like, hey, if you can introduce me to other kids born with the cleft, that would be cool. You know, even if I went once a year to some event or, you know, with kids born like me, you know, I, I know I didn't grow up with a lot of resources, but if it was like even once every three years or once every, I don't know, every so often or, or such, 
I, I think I would have had a better experience or a, a better just self self-awareness journey of knowing, okay, I was born like this. This is cool. I know more about myself. And um, I, I think it would have been, it would have been helpful. Right. Right. And relate to having that relatability. Is there something that you're proud of her through your cloth journey for? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm super proud of my mom because, you know, she came not knowing any English, um, came in as an immigrant and uh, she, she was having a baby born with a cleft. My dad wasn't around as well. He didn't come until maybe I was three or four years old. And so this, she was by herself. Right. So she was totally by herself, needed a special bottle to feed me. I couldn't be breastfed. So again, she didn't know any English. So this is not like she could just, there was no internet. There was no like YouTube or anything like that. So it's not like she can go online and figure out how she can get help. And I'm sure she didn't have other, she would have told me other moms that were born, you know, with a child with cleft that wasn't around either. So, you know, I think it was a struggle for her. I think she did really well because I ended up doing pretty, pretty good in life. I think it was a pretty good childhood and I, I think it was good. I mean, she, she didn't shelter me. That's one thing I really love my mom for. She didn't shelter me. And um, it's not like, you know, at that time came home from school, got your bike, you know, right. Rode around your bike until the lights came off, came off and then you had to go home, you know, and, and like you played outside and all this kind of stuff. But I, I was never told, Oh, you can't play football or muckle or, or soccer or whatever sport because you know i i could damage my cleft or nose or whatever i was never given those restrictions or none of that stuff that took a lot for her too i'm sure because it was giving up some control and when you have a baby that has medical needs and goes through surgeries and you have something that's out of your control like a cleft or craniofacial difference happening to your child i see it a lot struggling with control and the need to feel like you, like you have your hand in something and rightfully so, because I mean, it's pretty, uh, pretty rough, but I, that is amazing that she really just let you go after whatever you wanted to pursue. And kind of, if she was nervous, she kept that to herself and just really let you go after what you wanted to pursue. Cause obviously through everything that you're doing, I think that things turned out well. Yeah, no, it did. It did. It, and like, it's, it's a journey. If I were to talk to a kid uh, that's born with the cleft and I'll tell him, hey, look, this is kind of the, the, the worries that you'll have throughout your, let's say, life or career from elementary to let's call it high school. I would say like, hey, you know, in elementary, you might go through the bullying stage, you know, so you got to learn how to navigate through that because other kids, they'll just say, hey, you know, what's wrong with your lip or your nose or or or, or, or ask you questions. I would say during the middle school era, it would be trying to more like finding yourself and finding how you fit into whatever crowd makes you happy. And then not letting any like try to figure out what what you can do to to increase confidence. Right. So whether it's a sport that you like for me, it was chess. Right. I was playing. I played chess every day, three or four hours a day. That was that was my thing. But it could have been anything. Right. It could have been soccer, chess, football, whatever. Figure out the one thing that I do like and try to be really good at it. Um, so that I can increase my confidence throughout middle school. And then in high school, I would say is continue with that thing that you like so much and, and ex continue to explore. But here's the other thing in high school that you, that might be a little, that's not talked about. Let's just be honest. It's the, like your first crush, your romance, your first kiss, all these things. Right. And if you're born with a, a cleft lip, 
and your lip is a little cricket, right? Let's just say a little, you know, different than most most people, right? You might come across that question. Like, all right, how do I do this without, you know, without it making it awkward for the other person or, you know, I, I does the other person feel disgusted or gross that I, you know, I'm, I'm leaning in for a kiss that I, somebody that I like, you know, there's a lot of things in, in between those in that, in that, just in that area. And so these are like the three pillars, I would say, right? And obviously with like the romance and all that, high school people, kids, we don't like to talk to our parents about that stuff, right? Oh, you know, mom, I like this girl, dad, I like, it's not going to happen, <laughs> right? So that's why it's super beneficial, at least for your kid, your your kids to have, it's both of them, right? It's, it's brothers. So most likely one brother is going to tell the other brother how to navigate that situation. Like, oh my gosh, I don't want to think about this. But at the same time, like, yes, this is so good. <laughs> right. So I'm just thinking about like the things I had to go through. I, I didn't have anybody to to say, hey, you know, this, that, and the third. I, you know, I just had cousins, you know, regular guy cousins. I say, hey, you know, about, you know, whatever you got to do. But they didn't understand what I went through. So how would they know? So, you know, these are little things that you have to you know, navigate. And so, you know, the journey is interesting, though. This is why it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, uh, interesting to to see how it all plays out. Definitely. Well, you have been so amazing to chat with. And just, I think that you've given the listeners a really great insight to your life and also moms, cleft moms, just a lot of great information to walk away from this episode with. So where can our listeners where can they find you? Um, so you can find me at Instagram, Manny Motivation, um, or Facebook, Manny Ventura, uh, also on LinkedIn, Manny Ventura. And you'll see that a lot of my content for for Facebook and and and, and LinkedIn and, and even Instagram is catered to um, helping kids with cleft. Um, I also go on this digital nomad journey. I show the life living in a village in the Dominican Republic. So, um, and so, you know, I just give it an array of different things. But uh, that's where I try to give the most motivation, whether it's fitness, whether it's, it's, you know, maintaining a smile on your face, you know, keep encouragement. Those are the kind of things I like to bring forth to people just to for them to keep going. That's great. And I think that we all know that we can come to you as a mentor for <laughs> for moms and for our bringing our kids. I'm going to be bringing my boys. I'll be like, OK, here, talk to me. Uh, no, I look forward to it. Big time. That'd be great. All right, Manny. Well, thank you so much for being on the Smile Strong podcast. Woohoo!